0: Welcome to Codewords. If you're a new developer, this is the podcast for you. Start exploring unique coding stories today and take your skill set from hello world to hello world. Visit codewords.page for all the latest episodes. Hi, I hope I find you well. It's me, Rob, and welcome back to another episode of Codewords. My ambition is to go from code newbie to front-end web developer while exploring unique coding stories from people all over the world. My guest on the program today is a software developer, a free code camp tutor, and a YouTuber with a passion for helping you learn to code by building JavaScript games. It's Anya Kubo. Anya, how are you doing?
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. I am really good, thank you. Currently coming to you from Dubai, where I'm trying to become a digital nomad of some sorts uh, and just escape cold London (laughs) so yes that's that's where I am at the
0: moment Um, we'll start with some icebreakers are you more of a beach day kind of person or are you an urban explorer
1: so I would definitely say I have to be a beach day sort of person but it depends what day you get me on recently I've definitely been a beach person purely because again I think I just wanted to escape the cold weather so that would be my answer not saying that the urban explorer bit doesn't uh, grab my attention
0: too That was kind of a loaded question. I saw your post uh, the other day, uh, I think it was. You posted a picture of the beach, and it was like, I want to be there, but no, I'm in cold England at the moment. The dark nights are really here now. They're here. uh, Oh, really? (laughs) So, the next question. Tea or coffee?
1: So, I would have to say tea. I'm trying to cut out the decaf, just purely because I know me, and if I drink too much caffeine, I'm literally awake till, like, 2 a.m., and then... no one wants that right no one wants to stay up till 2am and then wake up late and then just feel you the the whole morning's gone so I'm trying to drink way more decaffeinated things and that includes chamomile tea
0: oh nice nice I I like an array of teas um what's your favorite tea my favorite tea is probably a green tea it's quite boring but I like a green tea or a peppermint tea tea. (laughs) peppermint tea (laughs)
1: Peppermint, peppermint over green, actually.
0: Yeah, I like sure. how refreshing it is. Uh, oh, grey as well mm. if I'm if I'm feeling that in the afternoon. But you never know. If you could join a band, who would it be? Oh, like a, a music musical band. band.
1: Yeah. Oh god, I don't know. That's a hard one. Probably, actually, what is Red Hot Chili Peppers? Let's ah, go with that one.
0: Good shout. <laughs> are you gonna? Do you see yourself on the drums, on bass, or anything, or are you going to be the lead vocalist?
1: I mean, I'd like to be the lead vocalist, purely because I can't sing at all. So if... <laughs> and I've always wanted to, I'm always so jealous when people can get up there and sing and, you know, not sound like a cat's dying. So I would go with the lead vocalist. Ah,
0: so you've heard my, my demos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next question. Uh, this is based on some of the games I've seen. I think I know the answer to this, but it's Mario or Sonic.
1: Well, it'll have to be Mario. I actually would have said Mario anyway, not just because I actually made the game. I really didn't play that much Sonic. I know they sort of came out at the same time, but yeah, Mario, and now obviously Mario's just expanded. I was playing Mario Golf the other day. So that would be my choice. How about you?
0: Oh, Mario all the way. I, uh, right. The first the first uh, console I had, I'm gonna show my age now, it was a Nintendo Entertainment System back in the day when there right. weren't the save points. <laughs> like people don't know how lucky <laughs> they are nowadays. Like if you die you have to do the whole level all over again the whole
1: thing exactly yeah.
0: uh yeah mario for me all the way uh, i do like mario odyssey as well that's really good on oh i don't think i've
1: played that one that's
0: a good one um yeah sonic wasn't really for me if anything it was a bit too fast it's like slow down so i can see the scenery yeah <laughs> um talking of things to look at can you describe your setup for us what do you have on your desk
1: Okay, so at the moment, because I am doing the whole Digital Nomad thing, it's pretty bare, which has been okay for for filming stuff. It hasn't been so great, to be fair. I do miss my setup at home, which is, you know, double screens. I have some padding on the wall for extra, um, God, I I don't even know the word, where where sound gets absorbed. (laughs) Soundproofing, yeah, I got you. (laughs) Soundproofing, that's the least professional. You know, the sound thing. Uh, Yeah, sound absorption panels and I've got lighting. I've got like three point lighting going on. So I do miss that. The end product is definitely something that is much better than what I'm doing now, because currently I'm literally just sitting at a table with a laptop. So that's my setup. So are
0: you in a cafe? Are you in an Airbnb or something?
1: So I'm actually renting off a friend. I'm renting their flat. So I'm in the Airbnb flat at the
0: moment. Nice. Um, So you've already answered this question, but um... I was going to say, you're born in Poland, raised in the UAE, and you've lived in Singapore and London. And where do you go home at the moment? So I guess that's Dubai at the moment.
1: To Dubai, I would always, I think, consider my home. I think purely because this is where I went to school and I grew up as in from the ages of like one to 18. So for those reasons, I would say that this is my home, but I haven't lived here for so long now that it gets a bit confusing. Uh, Yeah. And a, well, there's a word for it as well. I think someone told me like third culture kids. It's where children grew up in a culture that isn't their parents. So, yes, I completely forgot to mention the Polish part. I am 100% Polish. <laughs> I did one of those DNA tests. Oh, did you? you, you? know, 23 of me thinking that the result is going to be something like, I don't know, so, something less, something more interesting than 99.9% Polish. <laughs> I've been meaning <laughs> to that myself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I came at, as, so uh, that's, I guess, what I am. But I've never lived there. I can speak it fluently. Oh, wow. How about, yeah, so I can speak two languages. Um, my Arabic's not very good, though, so that's a bit sad, unfortunately. How about you?
0: Um, I am English, and yeah, that's it. I don't really. I haven't done the 23 Me thing yet. I've been meaning to, but this is a small island, so you never know what the results are going to come back with. Uh, <laughs> um i'd Definitely like there to it. be something epic in there like uh
1: a... yeah something fun yeah. you know so you could be like yeah i'm a little bit this and then start researching that the whatever the choices is uh heritage and stuff mm. yeah for sure
0: there's a stat on us uh, descending from genghis khan or something out there somewhere i can't remember what it is but it's something like that we're all descended one i don't know what it is i'd have to look to yeah
1: no it. i remember hearing it yeah
0: so uh, what's your background in tech and where does your coding journey begin
1: So my coding journey began, I actually wasn't really aware of software development as a career choice. None of my friends really went down that route. So I went to university, I studied architecture. But I did that. And it's a seven year course, I did three years. And I think I was just determined to finish it for some reason, but it just wasn't really what I signed up for. I didn't think it would be as subjective as it was, I thought it'd be more like, engineering because I was going to either do engineering or architecture but I chose architecture and I really regret it Uh, I think that sort of took me on a detour to where I am today I think if I did engineering I would have more likely been a software developer quicker but I did the three years in architect three years to get a bachelor's degree in architecture and then quickly ditched it and went into becoming a financial broker so worked in finance as a derivatives broker in singapore and then moved to london and it was actually then that i sort of discovered my love for software engineering i started my own business which was just a simple one on a website sort of like the Wix and Weebly's that we see today however it was not as developed it was definitely it was just really bad like I made a website and it just didn't look how I wanted it to look so then I started messing around the html and the CSS and I was like what is this this is so much fun how do I learn more how do I you know get to that next extra level I started looking at JavaScript and that was really it that was when I decided I was really into this and you know in my spare time would Uh, just create little projects and eventually quit my job to do a boot camp. And the rest is history. Ah,
0: So did you learn HTML and CSS as a byproduct of learning JavaScript? Or did you go HTML, CSS, then JavaScript?
1: Yeah, it was definitely HTML, CSS, and then JavaScript. I think that's probably how most people would go into it. It just seems like a natural progression. Uh, Are you finding the same thing?
0: Yeah, I think... You need to have those foundations because if you don't, you've got a lot more information to digest and understand what you're learning. So, if you start off at JavaScript and work backwards, I think you're going to hinder yourself a bit if you don't have the basics down.
1: Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you.
0: So, you mentioned the bootcamp. Um, how did that bootcamp experience shape the one you built on YouTube?
1: So the bootcamp experience that I had, it was an immersive course of three months. And like I said, I, and I don't want to bash bootcamps. I did learn a lot, but because I didn't really know how I would get into software engineering otherwise, and they were pretty much, I think, marketed all over the tubes and everywhere in London. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, for those of you who perhaps can't afford a bootcamp because they are expensive. There are so many alternatives online. To actually physically going to one now, for example, I know I um, I work part time at free Code Camp, so it might seem like I'm you know like I'm a bit biased, but I I just love their 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 free courses that do they do on there about web development where they teach you the HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and then you can move on to learn things like React because that's exactly what I did in my bootcamp. Again, it was that those three react and then looking at node.js express we did a project using python a project using django uh, databases so that was the that was the progression there and you can obviously replicate it the one thing that i will say about boot camps i really enjoyed is, is there's you've got that camaraderie of you know we're all in it together and if something's hard you've always got someone to Uh, ask like the instructor, whereas online, obviously, that's a lot, I think that's a lot harder to do sometimes.
0: So would you take anything from the experience there and say you applied it to your own bootcamp on YouTube?
1: Yes, sorry, that was the original question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I would say yes, in my bootcamp, my 12-hour bootcamp, instead of just teaching something, instead of being like, do this and do that, I really try to get people to you know instead of just following along to a tutorial think about what they're doing so i do a lot of pauses where i'm like okay now how would you do this which is maybe a little bit less common for tutorials on youtube i feel like some of them and i'm guilty of it too it's just like just follow along to my coding, whereas I really try to make it interactive. I create little code pens for everyone for each section so people can refer to the little code pen. And when we're doing an exercise, they can try figure it out themselves before I show them the answer. So that is something that I definitely took away from the bootcamp that I did and tried to incorporate in my YouTube tutorial.
0: Well, I think that's a great way to approach it because it definitely works for me as a learner. And uh, you mentioned Free Code Camp there. I mean, that's a great place to start, as you mentioned. They have so many resources. And if you look at someone like Danny Thompson, for example, he's, that was where he started, and now he works for Google. So, so it's a great place to start if you have a passion for it.
1: Yes, 100%. Uh, there's so many people. I think they have some tes- testimonials on their site too, so you can go check it out. And you'll see so many familiar faces. They've really done an amazing job of creating a great course, I don't know if it's called a a course, let's just call it a course, a great course uh, that a lot of people are definitely endorsing.
0: So when you decided to quit the rat race, uh, sorry, that alliteration was hard (laughs) for me there. I don't know why. The rat race. And and focus on your YouTube channel. What went into making that decision and did you have any concerns?
1: That was actually a big moment in my life. At the time I was working for Eurostar and... Everyone knew that I was making the YouTube channel. They were really supportive. um, The whole team were. And it just came to a point where I was just, I guess, to be blunt, financially making more money from the YouTube channel. Uh, And I was like, I enjoyed it more. Like, don't hate me, Eurostar. I loved Eurostar. But I was enjoying it more. I was enjoying making little projects by myself. Uh, So it just seemed like a natural step. But for ages, I was trying to do both which was really bad. I definitely burnt out because I was, you know, working from nine to 6 PM, Monday to Friday at Eurostar. And then the evenings creating courses or making videos. And it was just not really sustainable. So I think when my, one day when I just told my boss, I was like, look, I think I'm going to just focus on the YouTube channel thing. He was like, I totally get it. Like you're killing it. Like, please, what you're doing is amazing if you ever want to come back please come back and all that so they were just they were just amazing about it which made the whole thing a lot easier and a lot less scary because I think quitting your job to do something which at the time wasn't I wasn't it wasn't super stable I was just you know like oh I'm making money from this this is great but I didn't really see it as a career now I do, now I've sort of forged it more into a career option, then yeah, it was 100% daunting.
0: Well, the numbers don't lie. I mean, I've got them here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but in just over a year, you've amassed more than 150,000 subscribers with a combined number of nearly 5 million views on YouTube, which is an incredible achievement.
1: So I actually started my YouTube channel at the beginning of. Lockdown in England, so that's a lie. I started it maybe two months before, but I didn't really post anything. I think I posted one video. So when lockdown came around and I was put on furlough because, as I just mentioned, I was waiting for a company that did trains. So obviously there was nothing happening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's when I started to post videos. I think every week, I try to do them every week. And since then, today I think I just reached one hundred seventy-five thousand. That's an incredible so- achievement.
0: Congratulations. I mean, yes,
1: it's definitely I mean, I'm so so grateful to everyone that's been so super supportive. I couldn't have done it without the encouragement of people like yourself and of course everyone else that we know on the Twitter community that we engage with. So, yeah, it's been it's been incredible. I'm really I'm really grateful. I
0: I really like how you respond to when someone Follows a tutorial and then messages you on Twitter to say, look, I finished it. And you have so much support for that person. It's great. I love to see that.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. I, I honestly am so happy whenever I, I get tweets like that. So it's, it's like it comes from, it's
0: genuine. I like people taking their own take on it as well. I mean, you give them a platform to start and then they just go off and do their own thing with it. It's great. Yeah,
1: I, I never really like to focus that much on the styling and CSS, just purely because I do think that's where someone's personality shines more. So giving someone the, you know, the bare bones of a project and be like, okay, no, you go style it, you know, add levels.
0: That is something that I really, um, I think is really important as well. I've completed Tic-Tac-Toe, a Pac-Man and the Trivia app, and the 12-hour video, the bootcamp video, I'm still going through that. That's a long 12 hours to commit to in one bowl, So <laughs> But yeah, I do recommend it for who, for anyone who is thinking, ah, oh, where do I begin? That's a great place to begin. Go and watch Anya's 12-hour bootcamp camp. Not in one go. You don't have to do it in one go, but go and watch it because it's it breaks down all the concepts that you need to learn in a really easy and colourful way. I like the way you use colours to highlight things. That's another nice touch that I think people really like as well. I appreciate the shout out. It's become commonplace on Twitter to see people list an ideal pathway into tech. Uh, how would you map out your own learning if you could start again?
1: If I could start again... Uh, I think I've sort of touched on this. I would definitely say, you know, you don't have to go down the bootcamp route if you can't afford it. I would hate to see someone, you know, fork out loads of money if and then really struggle because there are other alternatives. Bootcamps, I, like I said, do make it easier, but it's not your only option. So I would stress that to anyone starting. The second thing I would say is j- JavaScript, no matter what anyone says, the first time you see it is probably going to be really daunting and
0: difficult. <laughs> I may have I think, cried a few times.
1: Yeah. I think there's, there's a bad habit sometimes of people who have already learned JavaScript to be like, oh yeah, it's easy. Don't worry. It'll be fine. It's, it's not like, I was like, what is this? This is not what I expected it to be. I thought it would be like maths or I thought this, and it was just not, it was like learning a completely different language. Like that's what I always compare it to like learning a language like learning how to speak another language right because you just have to train your brain to think a little bit differently but once you do get it it is like riding a bike and then you'll just sort of improve on your knowledge in that area and I promise everyone will get there at some point but it is difficult so that's what I would tell people I would also focus on building your own projects. So I know, obviously, like I mentioned before, the following along tutorials is important, but always try to, you know, take something and try hack it a little bit, try to be like, right now, I want to add this, and try put two projects together and see how that goes really sort of have fun with it and uh, really build stuff that you enjoy and perhaps that you need, right, if you have a problem, try and solve it by building a, a dashboard, if you want to manage your social media better try messing around with apis and see if you can build your own dashboard try getting your if you have like revolute or monzo try using their api to make payments from a dashboard like all this stuff is possible and i think until you start like messing around with it building real life use cases for stuff that you could use then um then you don't really then well you just want to build that passion for it so yeah those are things that i would recommend to people starting out
0: I would definitely agree with that. Um, I felt like at one point I hit a wall with CSS and I couldn't go any further. But then I started doing repetition in JavaScript. And now I can have an idea of what I want my functions to be and then make them happen. And it works. Most of the time it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's incredible.
0: Uh, earlier this year, I actually started this fifth. I think it's Florin Pop and Brad Travisy. They have a Fifty JS challenges project thing going on yes so i've been Um, doing that for repetition and then one day i just i went on my own devices and built as i mentioned this little it's it's nothing pretty it's disgusting it's an ugly thing but it works (laughs) and that's fine it's doing exactly what i wanted it to do Uh, i had this like massive nav bar that clicks um then it brings down a box which is a menu basically and then you can select a link which takes you to a div and then that div has a back to top button which is I could do it with csf just with just a hashtag but I did it with javascript I mean and it worked so I thought yeah this is great I've done this I understand what a const is I understand how to make this a function so yeah I'm I feel like I'm making progress
1: incredible yes and I've seen the project that they did they all the projects in there look incredible like really fun sort of concise small little things that you can really get your teeth into and feel like you've completed
0: absolutely if anything my least favorite one is the drawing one though there's a basic canvas app which is really fun to build but i didn't have any interest in building that it's just it's oh what for was me. it it was so you a, build a
1: canvas like paint or something
0: yeah yeah you uh, select the stroke size and the color then you just make squiggles and drawings and so on but that one wasn't i didn't enjoy that wow. one as much but hey ho oh cool! Uh, i didn't know that it's really good to build i i recommend it but just as a topic, I didn't have any interest in it. Yeah, as
1: a topic, yeah. it wasn't for.
0: So, when you come to build a video tutorial, what's the reality of putting that together? Because people will only see the final end product, but what's the reality of putting that together?
1: Yes, yeah, so this is a topic uh, question I actually get asked quite a lot. So, and I think a lot of people are genuinely interested because I encourage everyone to create content. By the way, I think it's it so important to learning as well so even if it's just writing blogs or creating podcasts by talking about something by talking about software development because as a developer unless you're doing this you hardly talk about code you can do the coding and you perhaps listen to tutorials on coding but unless you start talking about coding in a technical way then you know you sort of lose that learning like you you lose the ability to explain something to someone else because by explaining to someone explaining something to someone else, you're actually sort of reinforcing what you know as well. So uh, to create a video, I usually start off with thinking of a fun project, which actually can take quite a while. Luckily now that my channel's bigger, I have a lot of people when I do a premiere on YouTube, I usually ask like, hey, what kind of projects do you like to see? And then that is a nice insight into what my audience likes. So I really appreciate that. Uh, So the ideation comes first. Second, I decide if I'm going to build it in JavaScript or React. Usually that depends on the project. And then I get to building. Before I build, I used to plan more, I think. I used to be like, right, I'm going to do this first, and then this, and then this. I think a good thing, it's a good habit to get into breaking down things into little tasks, because that's how it works when you start working at a company obviously you at a company you have like a massive app that you're working on and you break things off into little tasks and then each developer does a little tasks and it all comes together right so i think that's a good habit to get into um with anything and then once you have a clear plan and sort of the tasks that you want to complete in order to build your project you start building now as i said i don't do that so much anymore i think i just sort of get into building and then once i finish my projects i usually you know look it over just to make sure I haven't made any silly mistakes and then I get to filming it now the filming actually takes the least amount of time it's the editing that takes the longest (laughs) (laughs) the editing takes the longest and I don't know why I'm always like why is it taking me so long to edit this video but I think I I'm just a sucker for making it as perfect as possible (laughs) in terms of like transitions and all this and just making sure that it flows quite nicely Um, so I would say like, even like a half an hour video can take me like four hours to edit, which is, which is crazy. right. You're like how, but somehow
0: it just does. What's the most common request? I always struggle with this word request. I don't know why I can't get my tongue around it. Request, (laughs) uh, what's the most commonly requested game that you build that you haven't done yet?
1: Oh, tanks, which I do remember, I, I have a vague memory of being tanks or bomber man. i think they're quite similar they're sort of like grid based games from what i remember so those two and apart from that there's ones that i wouldn't even know where to start making like counter-strike games and stuff like that <laughs> any sort of shooting games I'm like I don't know if I can do this maybe one day one day I'll have a go at it but I'm not sure how that will go down and you know JavaScript react I'm pretty sure these are games are much more suited for stuff like unity mm. but I uh, hey like it could be fun to try and make I don't know if you know about JS 13k games I was recently a judge on those and I did see some shooting games oh. so it's obviously possible yeah so, perhaps I could make those. What game do you think I should make next?
0: Well, I think. Okay. There's a cult game called E.T., which is notorious for being the worst game ever built. I no think way. you should build it and make it better.
1: Oh, I think I Was it in an, I think I watched a Netflix documentary on this, and it was like really rushed, and it was yeah. just such a big flop.
0: I think they had one guy on it who was like doing it 24 hours a day until it was released, yes. like in six weeks or something.
1: Yes, I remember that. Oh my god! Maybe I should just as a joke.
0: (laughs) I think it would be amazing because it's got such a it's got a cult following now. It's infamous. They buried all the cartridges in a landfill, and then people went excavating it (laughs) like it was an archaeological find. Yeah,
1: that's hilarious. That would be so fun. Maybe I will try it out.
0: I mean, it's it's. I think I could do that. Do
1: you
0: have any plans to build any three D games?
1: At the moment, not really. Again, I'm not sure. Um, I think with my games, my main aim, which I guess is sometimes easy for myself to forget, I want to teach people how to code JavaScript and React. And the reason I make games is because I think you just learn so much more by building games. I I always say, like, imagine your two tutorials, one's like, learn JavaScript and make this website. And the other ones, learn JavaScript and make a game of snake. Now, the website, there is JavaScript going on, but realistically, there's not that much. There'll be like a button. Do you know what I mean? There'll be Ooh, yeah. there's very limited JavaScript that you're still learning JavaScript, but you're not really pushing yourself. Whereas one like so, you can write one function that you know if you click this button, the button goes. You get taken to this page. So function does one thing, or maybe two things, like it goes to this page and the button turns orange or whatever. Okay, you can do that in CSS even if you wish, but you could do it in JavaScript. Whereas in Snake. One function, for example, if the snake head eats an apple, so many things will happen, right? The snake will grow in length. The snake will speed up. The apple will disappear. The apple will appear somewhere else and the snake will carry on moving. So that is so much more happening in a function. There's a array work. There's so much going on there. So the potential in learning JavaScript by creating games is just, for me, just so much higher. So I think I've always wanted to create games because I just, I just saw the potential of learning in them. So whilst making 3D games is does actually sound quite fun. And perhaps I should do it because that is quite cool. I don't want to lose track of what's important to me and my channel, which is the teaching JavaScript part. So I wonder if there is a way to do a 3D game, but still focus on the learning aspect. I'm going to have to look into that one.
0: Uh, the reason I asked that question, because I was kind of hoping you would, because okay, uh, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard of FreeJS? Yes, I have,
1: actually. They, I haven't had a play around with it. There's
0: some amazing uh, games out there with that. And I, I want to build a maze that has a metal ball and it just goes around a, like a wooden grid and then falls into the nice. middle when you uh, f- finish the game. And then I want to have generated uh, different maps for different oh my God, that's people really to use. Cool. But yeah, that's a bit like later on. Generated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just a bit later in the line for me at the moment. I'm really focused on just getting the fundamentals of JavaScript down. Uh, but you have inspired me with something on my portfolio. I haven't built it yet, but I had this idea today. Um, yes. I look at footers and footers are quite boring. Mm-hmm. Normally they just house like links and so on. But I want to put a button in there, like a Mario 1UP coin button or something like that. Where you have Ooh. a little eight-bit me that runs across the screen, collects a few coins, then you hit the button, and then the button takes you back to the top. Of oh my, my god, that is
1: so fun! Yes, you have to build that. That's what I want to do.
0: <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want people to get to the bottom of my portfolio and go, oh, "Is that it now?" Okay. <laughs> I want it to have that bit of interactivity. Yeah, and I think that is brilliant. Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Yeah, I had
1: that idea oh today. God, like, to yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm so I'm so all about you doing this. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> Maybe for you me, could yeah. use Kaboom.js. They have a lot of that sort of stuff built in as well, especially with the generating of little uh pixelated Oh no, you you have to use the replit environment for that. But the jump the the jump functions and all that that's sort of already in their um, uh, in the text. So yeah, you should check it out. It's the one that you
0: used for Mario. Kaboom, you say? Yeah, I will check that Kaboom one out. Kaboom.js. It's time to wrap this episode up, and that brings me to my final question of the show. Can you give us a hint about any upcoming games you're working on at the moment?
1: So currently, I'm actually working on a word association game, which is quite a cool game because it utilizes an API. I've been doing quite a lot of API work recently, and we build the game in React. And then also as a part two, I show you how to store your variables secretly and build out a Node.js and Express backend for that. So it's a two parter, which I'm really excited about. And then perhaps later on, I'm going to go back to do some JavaScript games. Again, I'm going to have to need some inspiration. So yes, if you think of any games, anyone out there listening, uh, please do come on my channel the next time I'm doing a premiere and just drop it in and let me know.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Anya. You can find out more by clicking on the links in the description. Thank you for so much for taking the time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute honour. That's going to do it for this time. See you again next week for more Code Words. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. For the latest podcast updates, follow Rob J. Robbie on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next time for more Code Words.